Welcome to the Living Stones Podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please, enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk Right, good morning, Living Stones. Sorry, I don't know why I said that like a robot. Good morning, Living Stones. <laughs> You're very welcome uh, this bank holiday weekend and this fifth Sunday as well. Hi, Chloe, can you hear me? Am I on? Am I on? Am I? Sorry, was I too loud? That's not like, that's very unlike me. Um, so this morning, as uh, people will have noticed, it's a fifth Sunday, so we do do things differently. But actually this, uh, this fifth Sunday, we're going to do things a bit uh, same, same, but different. Um, because of the Thy Kingdom Come event at the bandstand on the 21st of May, that would normally have been our May uh, communion time. So instead, we're going to do things a little bit differently, and we're going to have a communion today, uh, led uh, very ably, I'm sure, by Eric's uh, life group. So very much looking forward to, to that. Um, I woke up this morning thinking, what a time to be alive. And I'm not sure why I was thinking that. It may have been... Uh, Terrific result of the MX yesterday. Yeah, it may have been that. But but actually, then I saw uh, what David is going to bring to us later, which is a, a, well, I won't spoil the surprise, actually, but it's really impressive related to the related to the coronation next week. And then I thought, gosh, I've never seen a coronation before, not in this country anyway. And although I'm not a huge monarchist myself, um, I do find it super interesting to be... Uh, to be at a time where so few people can remember the last one and then to observe it this time. And I know there's a lot of discussion uh, in the press today about the, about the prayers and about um, the affirmation that the, the UK public is going to be asked to give to King Charles. So yes, what a time to be alive and what a time to be able to worship our Lord. Um, I'll pray now and then I'll read from Psalm 95 and then I'll ask uh, Ellie to lead us in our worship. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that you've brought us here together today. Um, whatever we've been doing over the last week uh, and longer, Lord, it's led us to this point this morning. And Lord, we want to live lives uh, that reflect you, that reflect uh, the glory of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. But also, we want to be here today to focus on you, because it really is all about you, Jesus. So Lord, would you be with us today, Holy Spirit, uh, we welcome you into this place, and we pray that you will nudge us, prompt us, um, speak into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right, Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving, and extol him with music and song. And that's exactly what we'll do now. Thank you, Ellie. With the coronation in mind... Uh, next Saturday, our songs are all about how actually um, Charlie might become our king in this country, but he's not my king, not really. <laughs> Jesus is my king. Uh, so let's celebrate our God as our king, our king of, uh, over all the universe. We have, a, we have a king of a universe uh, who created it. So let's stand. Uh, we've got some nice oldies today. Blessing, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news.
particularly. The king of love has come. And he doesn't just come at the coronation or at a certain point. He's come to all of us, but he comes every single day. And we can come to him today to share his meal. Thank you, Lord. So now to someone we haven't seen for a while, Ellie, to lead us on family time. Yeah, hello. Um, oh, thanks. I can even flip to it. Um, so, family time today. We have been um, looking at animals in the Bible. Uh, now, today's animal, uh, or animals actually, there's two of them. Um, you know, all the animals so far have been ones we know, and we know what animals they're actually talking about because we, s we use the same names for them today. Uh, who can remember what last week's animal was? I have to say Jessica Kelly probably was the star of the show last week. What was the animal last week, Jess? A goat, close. <laughs> okay, we had the scapegoat. We had the goat last week, didn't we? And Sue did a quiz. Uh, and she told us all about the goat and what his, its job was. Um, and then we had a quiz about it. Uh, we've had the eagle as well. Um, so these are animals we all know. We know what they look like, don't we? We, we know exactly what a goat looks like. Um, and it probably hasn't changed since um, Bible times. Um, today, though, we're going to have to be a bit uh, detectives. We're going to have to um, use the descriptions of these animals to work out exactly what animals they're talking about because we don't have the same words for them nowadays that they had in the Old Testament. I'm not going to tell you yet what they are because what I want us to do, so w um, I've looked at the descriptions of these animals in the Bible and I've kind of picked seven different animals uh, that kind of look like one of the or the other. So there's two two animals this morning, um, and um, they're described in the Bible, but the w the names for them are not names we use anymore. So, um, so I've used the descriptions and I've found animals that uh, either exist now or did exist uh, and are extinct because the descriptions are kind of a little bit not like any animal we know now. Um, but they're real animals, okay? So um, what I want is for um, each young person to, um, and I've got a little jigsaw puzzle, and what you've got to do is um, take out the pieces and put them all together to create a picture of an animal. When you've done that on your table, then um, there is an A4 piece of paper and some prints and I want you to glue your picture of your creature, your animal, onto there, and then we're going to stick them all up on the wall as kind of like, okay, so which one of these is going to fit the description best? Yes? Kind of detectives this morning. I think we've got all our got all our animals here, so let's just go through them. I've forgotten the name of one of them, um, but we all know what's we, what do we call this? It, a hippopotamus. Um, this one is a. Do you know? This one is a. Um, a y yes. Now I get mixed up because the Diplodocus has the high neck, I think, and then this one. 
is similar. Do you know this one? That's the Brachiosaurus. Okay, they're 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 both called they're both types of sauropod um, dinosaurs. We all know what this one is, Thomas. Don't we? What's that? Yes. Do you know what this one is? Do you know your dinosaur? Yes, Plesiosaur. So this is a sea one. Then uh, we've got these. This one here. You, I don't think you'll know it. Um, this one and this one is actually two different artists' depiction of the same skeleton. <laughs> It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, so, um, Thomas, do you know what they're called? Sea dragon. Is it? Yeah, it's like a sea dragon, isn't it? But it's it's uh, now this is the name I can't remember. But it's something to do with a snake, basilisus, or something. It was something like that, because the basilisk means snake. Um, so thi this these are kind of like sea dragon snakes. Um, I'll show you the skeleton of what they've, um, what the uh, these artists have kind of decided that that's what they possibly looked like. Okay. Um, right now, um, if I can have my thingy up. So um, we're just going to quickly look in the Bible as to what these. So these animals, the two animals in the Bible that we've got to try and work out which one we think they mean. Um, is the Leviathan and the Behemoth. So a Leviathan and a Behemoth. Now, we don't have animals like that. We don't have a, you know, we have hippos and elephants, but we don't have Leviathans and Behemoths. So, um, so the Leviathan is actually mentioned in more, more than one book, in Psalms and Isaiah, but mostly the Leviathan is mentioned in Job. So we've got here, it was you who crushed the heads of Leviathan and gave it as food to the creatures of the desert. And then there are the ships, there the ships go to and fro and Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. So that's why we've, I've chosen some sea creatures because um, it's obviously obviously a water um, animal. And in, in that day, the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce, great and powerful sword, Leviathan, the gliding serpent. Leviathan, the coiling serpent, he will slay the monster of the sea. So the Leviathan is a monster of the sea. So if we could have the next slide. So this is um, Job's description of a Leviathan, and it, um, it's got a lot in it. So we're not going to read it, but what I want you to do is, I hope you can see it. Um, can you pick out sort of descriptions of what it's got that I can write down, and then we can find the best fit of, of, of animals. So what from here can we find out? So I'm going to put sea serpent, because that was on the other. What, what else? Shout out. Scaly skin, scales. Strong. Limbs, so it's got, yeah, it's not like a snake as we know it. It's got limbs. Yeah. What? Yeah, uh, scale. So I've put scales. Uh, I'll put armor as well, yeah. Fearsome teeth, yeah. A tongue, it has a tongue. It's big. 
Yeah, its snorting throws out flashes of light. Its eyes are like the rays of dawn. Fierce but not. Po yeah, 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 yeah. Might well, might well, I don't know. Yeah. How do you spell fearsome? Oh, yeah. But fierce is spelled I-E, isn't it? No, that's not. Oh, it's because it's full of fear. Fierce is spelled I-E, but fearsome is spelled E-A. Don't you love the English language? Right, uh, next, next one, because there's more. Next slide, Chloe. Yeah. Okay, any more in there that we can learn about it? Flames, yeah. So, um... Strong neck. Right, so... over all yeah that's it so it's 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 like yeah it's the biggest creature that you can think of i'm sure joe like it was chosen for this because it it was deemed as bigger than anything anything else and f and the fearsomeness of it obviously is something which um was wanted to be portrayed about actually it's quite a scary beast Okay, so right, let's let's see. I don't know if you can see over that there. Which one of those do you think must have been might well have been the Leviathan that was being described? Thomas, which one do you think? The one right at the end. Yeah. Because of the fire. Now I d I mean I don't know what evidence there is for um fire-breathing um, dinosaurs. Um, I know there are, I, I've heard in the past, I haven't really researched this, so I don't know, but I have heard in the past that there was a creature with a chamber in its head that could possibly have... Um, I don't know if it looked like that, though. Yeah. Right. What it's for. Let's have a look at the skeleton that I found that they discovered. So the next slide, is it that one? I don't know. But that thing is kind of, so that's what this was based on. You can kind of see it has a very long tail and its limbs are very much like this. This one um, isn't quite the same. I think this one's actually probably a different dinosaur but anyway there there are there are creatures that lived that, that fit the description of the leviathan and we don't call them a le le leviathan anymore but it's very possible that um that this creature is in the sea and it was being described in job which means that the the the, the bible says dinosaurs existed when there were humans people people think the dinosaurs existed millions of years before the humans but the Bible kind of seems to be saying differently to that. Um, so, next.
slide because we've got the behemoth. Oh, yeah, that's another depiction of what somebody thinks it might look like. Don't know. Next slide. So this is the description in Job of the behemoth. So we've decided that this is probably the most, um, the, the leviathan. And I've there's some other ones there. So what's the behemoth? Now, uh, some people think it might have been a hippo. But I think if we look at this, there's one key thing about this description that really doesn't fit a hippo. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll come to it. So, uh, so let's call out the... Um, what are the features from here that we can take to see which one we think is a behemoth? Okay, yeah. You are eating. Long tail. Powerful because what's it just what's it comparing it to? A cedar. Do you know what do you know what a cedar is? Amelia, do you know what a cedar is? It's a it's a type of tree. So the tail is like a cedar tree, yeah? That's quite big, isn't it? Long tail like a tree. <laughs> Good. Anything else? Hollow bones. This is interesting. Um, that's, uh, um, I did look up a little bit of this. Um, this is the reason why they think dinosaurs descended from birds or the other way around, because birds have hollow bones and the dinosaurs are more like birds in their skeletal structure than they are mammals. Um, so this is almost saying in the fact that it's got hollow bones is that this is a dinosaur that we're describing. Oh. Okay, well this is... That's empty headers. <laughs> Our heads would fall. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay. So, yeah, so Sean's a bird brain. No, okay, so it doesn't have to be. Okay, that's interesting. Anything else from there? Strong limbs. It's really strong. Yep. Yes. Water loving. Hide. Yes, so it definitely likes being in the water, um, which is w why people think it was the hippo, because the hippo obviously we know likes living in, in among reeds and water. Um, I wouldn't describe a hippo like that, though, would you? I would say gaping jaw. And and the tail. Now it says it sways its tail, and the hippo apparently does. Do you know what the hippo does? It flings its tail round and round like a gaffing wheel um, to spray its poo everywhere. <laughs> um, but imagine if that tail was like a cedar. <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. Fertilize the earth. Yeah. Okay. So it's strong. It's Sturdy. Its tail is like a tree. Um, it's um, uh, grass-eating. Which which one do you think that seems to fit best? Now we don't know about dinosaurs and about whether they 
the sauropods, the Brachiosaurus and the Diplodocus, they don't. They used to think that they loved being in water because they were so heavy. They couldn't work out how on earth they could carry themselves. Uh, but then they discovered that they probably were land creatures. Um, but I don't see why they didn't like marshes and swamps and water as well. What did you? Wha which one do you think, Amelia? So not this this one or uh, this one. Okay, well that one is, an a, is a sea creature. So it, if you look at its, it's got flippers. So that probably wouldn't have got lived on land and ate grass. But I absolutely get why you've chosen that one. It's got the tail like a cedar. Yeah. Which one did you think, Thomas? You th thought the middle one as well. Okay, interesting. Um, we think maybe, maybe I don't know, it's quite s it's similar again to that one with the long tail like a cedar. I think more like a Diplodocus than a Brachiosaurus. Doesn't seem to have s quite such a long tail. I don't know. You know Brontosaurus is a... Um, uh, no, Brontosaurus is a name that doesn't... They, they apparently they mixed two dinosaurs together to make a Brontosaurus and they realised they were actually two separate dinosaurs. So... <laughs> Um, this is just from being a primary school teacher that I know this kind of thing. <laughs> but I don't think, um, so, so people who don't believe that dinosaurs lived at the time of Job um, think that it must have been a hippo or an elephant. But you don't describe, and their tails are not like cedars, and you don't describe a hippo or an elephant the way that's described, do you? Um, they're big, but... These were ginormous and powerful. Um, and so I think that, th that Job is probably describing um, one of the sauropods, like the Diplodocus or the Brachiosaurus. Why was Job describing them? Well, it's quite simple. It was basically um, uh, saying, there is no one as powerful as our God. He created these beings. He's got them under his control. Um, and even though to us they seem fearsome and we would never be able to tame them, God can tame them. God is incredible. And that's why these animals were described in the Bible, the Leviathan and the Behemoth. Remember them. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the diversity that you created and the, and the huge creatures that, you've, that you put in the sea and on land. Um, and I thank you that, um, that, uh, that actually we can learn about them from the Bible as well as um, from archaeology and from what we find um, hidden in the ground. So, um, so, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your might. But I thank you also that you, uh, that you are in control of it all. Um, and that the Leviathan and the behemoth obey you. Amen. With us for about uh, oh, a couple of months, is that right, David? Yeah, you've come, you, you come originally from Guernsey. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you met up, you were in... You got yourself into London. You were in a bit of a spot of bother in London. And through Claire, who's not with us today, um, 
you found your way down to Eastbourne and uh, first you needed to find somewhere to live. You found a little place to live just opposite us, in fact, isn't it? It's, it's like a matchbox. <laughs> it's TARDIS. <laughs> anyway, David has got a particular skill and uh, I just want to show you something that David has made and it's particularly relevant for this week. David has got an extraordinary skill at making things. He's, he's working on a model of Christchurch down in Seaside at the moment and it's just remarkable. And this, when did you make this? Last year. So you didn't make it with the coronation in mind. No. But obviously... Um, it's so relevant for us this week. And I just thought it would be lovely to just display that this week and um, to remind ourselves, um, I don't know if it is modelled on the coronation crown exactly, but um, the, uh, the Sue was telling us earlier that Edward the Confessor, the crown of Edward the Confessor is the one that it goes back to and that he was the king who wanted to show that all kings reign and rule under the great king. And so here on the, the top of the crown is the cross to symbolize how Jesus is the king of kings. And that's so good to bear in mind. And, and when uh, Charles is presented with the orb on Saturday, is the cross on the top, the scepter that he's given has a cross on the end of it and it's just symbolizing all of these things so well done david and the, the fantastic thing there. Yeah, okay. Let, we'll leave it there <laughs> what a morning crowns cute animals i'd quite like to be friends with all of those really um but now we've moved to our time of um children's communion and before i invite the children and their families or caregivers to um come forward uh, because I get the microphone, I get to ask questions, which is quite nice. Um, and my question today is to the children is, what does communion actually mean? So not the bit where we, we break the bread and we pour out the wine or the juice, but does anybody know what the actual word communion means? I think it's a difficult one. Any thoughts? Jess, usually you've got something to say. No? Not today? No? Okay. Any of our other children, otherwise known as adults? We got one. Yeah, that's very close to what Kaz found in the dictionary. <laughs> yes. um, so it says in the dictionary, a close relationship with someone in which feelings and thoughts are exchanged. And we know that in the Bible leading up to Jesus' death, what he was thinking and how he was feeling. And we know about the how he felt about the meal that he was about to share with the disciples because he says how much he's looking forward to it. So children, as you come forward today, remember that communion means close relationship. So a time when feelings and thoughts get exchanged. And it means that you've got a chance to tell Jesus how you're feeling and what your thoughts are. And that's what a really good friendship is, isn't it? You want friends that you can, you can tell uh, how you feel and what's going on in your lives. So as you come to the table uh, now to take the bread and the juice, just spend a few minutes either you could do it out loud or you could do it in your 
in your heads. Jesus uh, knows what's in there as well. Um, just spend a little bit of time telling Jesus what you are thinking, what's going on in your life, because he does love to listen to you. And when you're ready, with your uh, parents, caregivers, do come forward and, and share in this meal. Lord, thank you uh, for children at the heart, at the center of your kingdom, Lord. Father, thank you for all of our children. Thank you for the love and the laughter that they bring to us. And Lord, would you help us to be more like them, to bring love and pleasure to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right, I'm going to send around the offering basket. First of all, we'll start over here. If you are a regular and you give by uh, direct debit or whatever, please don't feel too compelled. And if you are a visitor, please don't feel compelled at all to give. Um, Jesse, could you come and hold the children's offering, please, to the young people that we uh, support in Uganda? Can you hold them? Oh, well, you can hold them if you are. And Right, I'll pray for our children as they go out adjusting, and then we'll have a very quick break to um, get teas and coffees, and then we'll be back uh, for the adult communion. Uh, Lord, pray for our children as they go with Justin this morning. Lord, would you um, would you speak into their lives? Would you speak directly to them? Uh, Lord, would the words that Justin uh, brings to them really resonate with them as they uh, understand more and more about their their life with you? Would you would they have a renewed passion and a renewed vigor? Uh, to learn more about the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right, children, if you want to head out with Justin, and adults, if you want to head and get uh, coffees, we'll be back in literally three minutes. Right, okay, I did promise a very quick uh, tea break, and that was probably the quickest we've had uh, in quite some time. Just uh, before we move into our, our time of adult communion, uh, just a couple of notices and reminders. Uh, probably the biggest reminder is that we've got the Thy Kingdom Come event at the bandstand on the 21st of May, and that's the reason, part of the reason why we're doing communion today, but to remind people that Living Stones will decamp to the bandstand for that day, so we won't be meeting here on the 21st of May. I know that's about three Sundays' time, and we will do more reminders, and we'll look forward to a day of brilliant sunshine, brilliant worship, brilliant fellowship uh, at the bandstand together with other churches across the town. Um, two other quick things, and then we'll move on. Um, the prayer meeting is on Tuesday down here at 7.30, so look forward to seeing uh seeing people there and then finally church lunch is on today uh, please do stay visitors regulars uh, it's always a good time to be had um, there are many many other notices on the news sheet far too many for me to go through here but I would direct you to uh, to that and now I'll ask Eric to come forward and lead us through our next uh, next piece of our time together Lord thank you for thank you Lord for the um, for the wisdom, for the insight, for the for the powerful praying man that he is, Lord. And Lord, as uh, he leads us through this next part with his life group, 
Lord, I pray that you will uh, bless them all and that it will speak into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good afternoon. I mean, good morning. It's nearly afternoon, isn't it? <laughs> Just to say thank you to Rob and Kaz for um, regularly putting out the live stories on a Monday night. If you want any information about it, see me afterwards. Thank you very much. Uh, we're a bit shorter on time than we were hoping for, but the, we are the men's house group in the church. Um, most of us are here, but some of the people that come regularly are not church members. Uh, we have a congregational minister comes, and uh, in, in fact we've got three ministers in a way that come to our house group. And funny enough, I'm nothing and nobody. I left school at 16, at 14, and uh, I was glad to be out. And uh, I'd never got an education other than uh, what I had to do. But we enjoy fellowship together as men. Uh, we sometimes there's up to 13 of us. Uh, in the house group, and uh, we meet at different places uh, every week, and uh, we enjoy fellowship together, we enjoy encouraging each other, and uh, each of us in turn does speak and take part in the meetings um, from time to time. So it's good that we got together and uh, enjoy ourselves. I'm going to get on quickly and ask Warren if he'd come and share a healing story for us. Thank you, Eric. Uh, right, I'll try and be quick. So, before I went to Malawi, I got COVID. And COVID set me right back. And it took 18 months of long, long COVID, which I understand was a bit like ME. Um, I found myself turning into an old man overnight. I could hardly move, and when I did exert any energy, I'd have to lay down for the rest of the day. And I discovered through that process the, the mental battle of, is this the way it's going to be now? And I kind of understood how it must be for the, the likes of Corrine and Emma and others, that you get your head right, you think you've got your head right about it. And then after a while, it starts again. And you go through this gamut of emotions. And they go round and round. And then you get back on track again. And it goes on a while. And then it starts all over again. And this went on and on and on. And in the end, I was getting really tired of it. And I felt really strongly that I kept speaking out about healing. And that I was, I was meant to go on street and I was meant to put hands on people and I was meant to be doing it in public. And it didn't matter if I looked a fool. And then I was crying out to God, why, if you say you've got the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, why am I ill? And I felt him say, I've heard you. And the very next day, I got a phone call from a guy from my youth who was my youth leader in a, in a Christian archery movement. And he said, I've I thought he was saying to me, oh, I'm sorry I haven't been in touch, but he was actually calling me to say, 
God has spoken to me three times at a sermon and said, I think this sermon's for you. And I ended up watching this sermon with a guy called Jovis Mussel. And basically, he was saying the same things as me. And he was healing people in hairdressers, Muslims, and he's a gardener. And he was telling story after story of all these healings, even doing it on the phone. I was thinking, that's just amazing. And it really spoke to me. And after that, I kind of thought to myself, you know, God said he heard, now God said he spoke. And so I proclaimed over myself healing in his name. And I tentatively went next door and told uh, Leslie, who's my uh, best friend, neighbor. And um, he said, well, that's really good for him. <laughs> so I said, I'll let you know tomorrow whether or not. And that was it. It was gone. And so I got healed. And so the encouragement was is that he does do it. And, and the other thing I meant to say is your talk on um, Wings of an Eagle was so so um, timely as well, you know, like after. Because when I got the COVID and just after that, for a whole week, it was that verse. And I was really convinced that I was going to go to Malawi and get healed and it didn't happen. And so I did a lot of research <laughs> on <laughs> what that first meant and the eagles. So thank you. Thank you, Lord. One of the men that comes to our house group is Neville Smith. He's an engineer from Seaford. He's not a member of our church, but uh, he comes regularly to the house group, or has been. But he's been in hospital this week. And uh, Tuesday, I had messages through to say that he's deteriorated in health and they weren't expected to see him see the night through. And as a group, our men prayed for Neville. And we all prayed. They're all men of prayer that come to our house group. And uh, we prayed. And funny enough, Neville was there on the following day. And he's improving he needs a gallbladder operation, but they're sending him home this week. And when he's recovered a little, they're taking him for the gallbladder operation. But Neville's healed. He's here. He didn't ought to be, but he is. And praise God for that. Afterwards, after this meeting, while you're taking communion, John and I will be praying for people anyone that needs prayer for healing, prayer for anything, we'd like to pray for you. I'm going to ask uh, Mark if he'll come forward and do a reading for us. The reading is Acts chapter 3, 1 to 10. Mark, the other day, spoke to us at our house group on the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And I thought to myself at the end of the message, what on earth is he going to start talking about? And Mark came and gave a prophecy that the rebuilding of Jerusalem is like our church. It will be rebuilt. New people will come in. And they have done over that the months since then. And I pray that that will continue. Mark, would you come and have a read? Come here.
Yeah. One day, Peter and John were going up uh, to the temple at uh, the time of uh, prayer at uh, three in the afternoon. Uh, um, now, uh, a man who was uh, lame from birth was uh, being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Uh, he was uh, put um, every day to beg uh, from uh, those uh, going into the uh, temple uh, courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked uh, straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to uh, get uh, something uh, from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not uh, have, but what uh, I do ha have I give you. In the uh, name of uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Uh, taking him by the uh, right hand, he helped him up, uh, and instantly the man's uh, feet and uh, ankles uh, became strong. He jumped uh, to his uh, feet and uh, began to walk. Then he went with uh, them into the uh, temple courts, walking and uh, jumping and uh, praising God. When uh, all the uh, people saw him walking, and praising God, they uh, recognised him as the uh, same man who used to sit uh, begging at the uh, temple uh, a gate called uh, Beautiful, and there uh, were filled with uh, wonders and um, amazement at uh, what he had uh, happened to him. Another gentleman that comes to our house group is John Trustee. Church, but he has spoken a couple of times. He's a good speaker. He's a minister of the gospel. He's a pre has been in uh, running churches up and down the country. So I'm going to ask John if he'd come and just share with us. Father, I pray with John, I pray, Lord, that you'll bless what he's saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, whose is it? That's mine. Well, take it with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I'll speak briefly. Um, I have to admit, and my wife's here with me this morning. We've been married 58 years um, this year. So um, my dad used to say, the first 35 years are the worst, son. After that, it gets a lot better. Uh, <laughs> but I have a bit of a butterfly brain. <coughs> so when I was listening to Ellie, <coughs> I thought, why don't she just carry on and preach? Because it's great I love that I, I really do and I I thought of um, this is all before I'm going to say something um, I thought when God finally spoke to Joe <laughs> I think he said about 40 odd things to him not odd things but 40 things he didn't give Joe a chance and it, you know things like were you there when I created the mountain goat were you there when I created the ostrich and I thought the ostrich, what a weird thing to make, isn't it? It, 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 leaves, it lays its eggs and leaves them. 
Um, I, I don't know. And then its redeeming feature is it can run at 30 miles an hour. Brilliant, isn't it? And there's God showing off to Job about what he can do. Brilliant. And I, I, I thought, why do you make all these animals, God? And I felt the Lord say, to charm people. And I'm going to charm you because somebody gave us a little cat. And she is so beautiful. She comes and climbs up and kisses me and lays on my shoulder. Uh, wherever everyone goes, she goes, hanging over a computer and so on. And she's there to charm me. And charm me, she does. So I was thinking that. And then I was talking to Barry at the back there about golf. He plays good golf. I, I play awful golf. I used to play with a friend who's just died. And we, we had to call it Grace Golf because we just kept letting each other off. <laughs> um, there's a word in golf called mulligan. And you, what you say is, take a mulligan. And uh, I thought when I was talking to Barry, I said to him, why can't we use that word mulligan in other areas of our life? You know, the police stop you after you jump a traffic light and he's going to book you and you say mulligan. He said, oh, that's all right, sir. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> or your bank manager rings you and says, you've overdrawn again, Rob. <laughs> and you say, mulligan. Oh, right, you are, sir. No problem. Carry on. So that's been my kind of, and I, I was thinking too, um, I said to Mark uh, about speaking, I said the very first time I had to speak and give my, the guy who was leading the meeting said, now oh, John Pez is going to give you, and I, I sat there and I said, I'm not, and he said, yes you are, I said, no I'm not, and I didn't, because <laughs> I was terrified. Uh, yeah, and I, I get very nervous, to be honest. I try to be all relaxed. And One in my normal voice, and the other in a kind of high-pitched, nervous scream, <laughs> which they really appreciate. I had the privilege of hearing a brilliant old preacher called Tom Reese. Who remembers Tom Reese? He was just. And um, he had a book. But I remember Yvonne went to one of her meetings. She said, There are two things really worry me when I stand up and speak. Said one, I'll just dry up and forget my material, and the other is the elastic in my knickers will break. <laughs> just, uh, there you go. That's it, really. <laughs> so, I, I thought, I, why, I know this is about communion, but I really felt God say to me, do this. And I want to do it because I can't get over the resurrection. Have you got over it yet? <laughs> I think we should preach the resurrection every week because we are we're children of the resurrection, aren't we? That's what we are. 
Whatever Satan has said to you this week, whatever you think, whatever you're saying to yourself, self-hatred and all that, you're a child of the resurrection, sons and daughters of a resurrected Lord Jesus. And this, this story, the, the, the disciples had healed people before, because if you read Luke 10, when Jesus sent 70 of them out, uh, they came back and they said, oh, the demons are subject to you, and people get healed, and uh, we, we saw the demons, and Jesus said, you saw the demons, I saw, I saw their boss. I saw their boss fall like lightning from heaven. Um, here are these uh, Peter and John going to the gate, beautiful. It's three o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, there is this man. But verse four, it, Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us, look at us. And I thought, Two months ago, mate, if they'd looked at you, they'd have seen a picture of abject misery and sadness. They, they'd left homes, they'd left their jobs to follow a stranger who they thought was the greatest, and now he's dead. And one of their companies committed suicide, and the others, they wished they were dead as well. They were, uh, they, they took themselves to the upper room in all their misery to indulge their emotional pessimism. And then it says, then came Jesus. I, what do you think? Then, right. You know, we think Jesus is going to come to us when we've attained and we've done well. I haven't sinned this week, Lord. <laughs> he comes to us in the very valley of our need. He comes when we think this is all over. I'm down and out. He comes to us and rescues us because he's wonderful. Do you love the Lord Jesus this morning? Since I met him authentically, I, I just love. I think Jesus, you know, you had, did you just have a knack for catchy sayings? Did you have a good mum? Did you have that ability just to turn up on time uh, and all of that? Here is a man who wasn't beautiful. He was traumatized. He was by the gate beautiful, but he's traumatized. His body was atrophied after 40 years. His bones, his tendons, his muscles, he never had a life as a child, he didn't run around, didn't play sport or any of that. He's a man who wants arms and he's going to get legs because Peter is going to look at him and say, in the name of the man who was dragging his cross through old Jerusalem two months ago, get up. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's and it says that Peter reached out, pulled him up. And it says, well, you know what it says, but I think Dr. Luke, because he was a doctor, 
I reckon he interviewed that guy later because it talks about his ankles, doesn't it? Talks about the, the, the sockets of his, his bones. <laughs> Old uh, Dr. Luke. This was a real miracle. And he's running around. And he's reliving the childhood he never had. Fantastic stuff. I mean, I read it and I say, God, this is so blooming wonderful. Do it again and do it again. Now, what this led to was the fact that Peter had to give an explanation for this miracle. And I remember Gerald Coates saying, and you will too, he said that this was an event that needed an explanation. And he said, and by the way, the church is an explanation waiting for an event. <laughs> and he preaches this brilliant sermon. I, okay, I don't know where you stand on all this, but I loved Toronto. I went there twice, spent a lot of time on the floor. I just loved the fact that it wasn't who's who in the charismatic zoo. It wasn't about famous speakers. It, wasn't, it was a move of God that was so utterly refreshing. And I loved it. I, I got touched in Berlin in the, a church called Church Alfenweg, Church on the Way, and uh, Argentinian pastors, Claudio Friedson and all that. This is before Toronto. And my goodness, I, I spent hours crying and hours laughing, laughing and laughing and laughing. Not the kind of laughter that you do when you're trying to defend yourself and turn everything into a joke, but the laughter that was coming from heaven right into my guts. I came home. We lived in Sydney then, and I, I went down to get my... I said, go and have a haircut. Uh, I'm going to see Les. He's got this lovely shop in Sydney High Street. He's cutting my hair, and he said, John, I'm beginning to feel funny. <laughs> I said, but don't be too funny, mate. You're cutting my hair. <laughs> he said, what's wrong with you? And he started laughing. And then he laid on the... It's true. He, he laid on the floor of his barber shop with other people in it, laughing and laughing and laughing, and saying to me, John, what's happening to me? So I sat with Les, and I prayed with him, led him to the Lord, uh, prayed prosperity over him. <laughs> he, he's doing really well. But I, it wasn't me. Like, it wasn't Peter. Why are you looking at us as though we've done it? This is, this is the name and the power and the breath and the kiss and the intimacy and the relentless love that God has got for you and me. Good, isn't it? I love it. Children of the resurrection. I mean, he's bouncing and... I want to be part of a church that hasn't lost its leap. <laughs> I want to leap and laugh and run. And why not? We are carriers of the presence of God. Jesus, when he came, brought his
we inherit that spirit, we do change things. We may not think we do change things. You know, my... Last time I went, the nurses said to me, John, we love it when you come in. She said, you know you changed the whole atmosphere. I said, no, I didn't know that. I'm not saying it to show off because what I've got, you've got. And one day we've got to start believing in our own conversions. <laughs> one day we've got to believe that what we've got is wonderful and it can change people's lives. Here's the thing. Peter reached out his hand because God could have done the whole thing, but he cooperates with us. Isn't it wonderful? He even, he even lets us, uh, when we have good ideas, think it's our idea. <laughs> it's actually come from heaven. <laughs> he reached out, and I thought, what can we now live in a lame, broken society where people are overstretched financially. They need wisdom for their kids. Uh, their jobs are hanging by a thread. Their marriages are under real pressure. They've lost self-esteem. We're living in that kind of society now, and we've got to lend a hand. How do you do it? I'm thinking of this on Friday, thinking and a young couple that we know who live fairly near us came and knocked on our door, and the wife fell in my arms. I mean, they're not flakes, they're just really good people. And she wept, and she said, I've had to send our children to school without any food for their... <sighs> no, I did. We took them to the supermarket. I said, little card not a credit card it was a debit card please don't come knocking on my house next week <laughs> <laughs> but you know within your radar within your orbit there are people what's in your hand what can you give them I mean it may be just sometimes to listen to people give them a word but essentially what we want to do is to give them the Lord Jesus. When people get saved and they're in trouble and they come to church and they want money, I mean, I leave you to work all that out, but actually what they need in the end is the Lord Jesus and that's what we should give them because this bloke was able to go to work after that and earn some money himself instead of getting it off other people. You noticed in our society, the first thing the government does when things go wrong is throw money at it. Don't they? These blokes have got no money. <laughs> he hadn't got any money either. And outside this beautiful gate, this man who'd been there for 40 years, uh, running around utterly unembarrassed. I'll finish here because uh, this was a Kairos moment. I looked up. Kairos, you tell me what Kairos means. And now my, anyone else? A cross moment. 
Kairos is, uh, I wrote it all down, and I, <laughs> I, I, it's a I got this from um, Webster's. It's a spiritual opportunity. It's a time when conditions are right for the accomplishment of a crucial action. Kairos time is when God interrupts our routine and touches us deeply, and we are forever changed. A decisive moment, the right time, the right moment. And like you, I want to be the right person at the right time, saying the right things to the right people. Because, listen, here's a little prophecy. I believe we are heading for Kairos time. Not chronological is the word but kairos is when god steps in and they're right by this golden uh, beautiful gate there were 12 gates this one uh, i read in josephus was made of corinthian bronze and we used to buff it every day so it looked gold that's what we should do we should be buffing ourselves every day in the holy spirit so that wherever we go, we beautify because we've been through the beautiful gate and we beautify. We can do it. It's in us. This is real. We are children of the resurrection. But we've got to go through this gate. We've got to go through. Are you ready? Anything that God has ever done for me, when I got touched by the Holy Spirit in Berlin, God said to me, do you want this? Are you sure? And I said, yes, I am sure. And that's when I felt God got right to the guts of who I am as a person, right inside my belly. And in a minute, we're going to break bread. And that bread's going to go into our bellies. And you can't get closer than your belly to someone. And out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water. Amen. I'm going to ask um, David Crew and Mark to just pray for the bread and wine. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Lord, for this bread. Thank you. It's, it's your body. Thank you, Lord. And we want to be refreshed and renewed in our faith, Lord. And and, you, and we we thank you for this bread and we pray that you'll bless it to us Lord and, and the wine as well Lord I pray that you'll thank, it, thank you Lord it's the, blood, it's the blood of the new covenant and, and we, we do take of the blood this morning to renew our covenant relationship with you Lord pray. thank you Lord Amen Yes, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we're here this morning to remember and to thank you for what you did on the cross, uh, that you've done, sacrificed uh, your life uh, so that our sins could be saved. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Just to say as a house group, we're a men's group, 
any men that come here or want to join with us, we'll be happy to receive you and pray with you and live with you and share with you whatever we've got from God. Um, so please come along and uh, talk to me afterwards and we'll, we'll join together and uh, let you know what's happening. We're coming to communion and 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23 says, For I have received from the Lord that which I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night he was betrayed, And when he had given thanks, he took, he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. After supper, saying, the cup is the New Testament in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you will eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So, Father, bless this bread and bless us as we receive it. In Jesus' name. Mark, Warren, and Martin, they're going to serve the bread and wine. Would you come forward as um, you feel ready? <coughs> I've travelled myself from Siberia to t San Francisco to South Africa and the message has been one only one message Jesus saves and Jesus will be with you and Lord if you don't know Jesus any of you come and we'll pray for you afterwards thank you, thank you for being here there's dinner downstairs for those that want it let's just close in prayer Father I thank you for this meeting to this morning I pray, Lord, that you would just bless these people, use them and undertake for them. Make them servants of you to go out and preach your word in Eastbourne and the surrounding areas. Have your hand upon them and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.